Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. you get started on this teaching let's let's start talking about this number one insider secret all right thank you very much Steph I appreciate that um you know it's uh the first thing that I want to say is that really when it comes down to it they're in in earning income in the self-improvement industry in person in um, uh, uh, professional development we bat around the idea of secrets. Even Napoleon Hill did in Think and Grow Rich. And the, the truth is, is that there, there's no secret from the standpoint that somebody is keeping secret information from you. Um, I think what the, 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 the God's truth about it is that we actually are unaware of the amount of potential that we have locked up inside of us that can be used at a moment's notice. Um, most people come from the paradigm, Steph, that it takes a long time and a lot of hard work in order to do something like make six figures a month. And I remember when, when I first started doing this and I was looking forward into the vision that I had created for myself, the, the vision that I created for the company, there was no way for me to connect the dots going forward as to how that was actually going to happen. I had no clue how it was going to happen. All I know, all I knew was that I sat in a converted bedroom in my little house uh, on Rochester Road uh, in northern Illinois, and I had made a decision that I was going to create um, a multi-million dollar global company, and I had no idea how I was going to do it. And from, the, and from that standpoint, from the place of where I was sitting, my, all my surroundings suggested to me, including people, that it was impossible, that it couldn't be done, that it was a pipe dream, that it was a wish, that um, uh, if it was that easy, everybody would, would be doing it. And I had, I had, thank God, learned enough at that point um, where I had, I had the beginnings of the education that it was possible. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we miss in, in studying our own improvement is the actual possibility that lies inside of us for how fast something like this can happen. And when I first started experiencing it happening it fast, I had to like pinch myself because it, it was like, it, it just can't be this easy. And I know people have heard me say that before, um, but it really is true. The, idea, the, the ideas that I want to present today um, are going to directly point to how that can be true, how that possibility can exist, the, the so-called secret to doing it, um, and uh, what actually kind of prevents us from, from really accepting the possibility. Now, I think the first, the, the first thing is that 
Once I did it, it was very interesting that it was very easy to connect the dots going backwards. I could see step by step how it happened. The people that came into my life, well, first of all, the decisions that I made. I think that's probably one of the most important things, Steph, to, to point out on this call, is that without making a decision to do something different, you're doomed for everything to stay the same. It, 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 nothing is going to change without you making the decision. So the, one of the first things that was really drilled into my mind by my mentor was that I had to make a decision to do something different and make the commitment to stick to that decision in order for something to change. Now, it doesn't need to be this, like, so I was thinking about, you know, uh, a multi-million dollar company, and I was starting, I had to also look at where I was starting, right? I was in a, a 980 square foot ranch home. I had moved two of my children into, uh, I had three bedrooms in the house, and um, I had four, four kids. So two of them had to take uh, bunk beds in one room, and then in the basement, I converted two more, uh, uh, I mean, I built two more bedrooms downstairs for the, for the other two kids so that I could have an office, a place to work, because I literally had no place to work in the house. Um, and when I'm, as I was sitting in that place, I'm thinking to myself, if I, if I just look around at what I have, how is this even possible? How, how is everything going to come together with no education, with uh, having um, very little business experience, basically no business experience, and the, my history in my life on my, based on what I had done pretty much indicated that this was not something that I could do. So I think a lot of people come from this place. We have this paradigm running around in our mind that was given to us as a, as a small child. It started in infancy, and it really told us uh, what to believe about our world. Now, I'm going to tell you something that, I, that I've shared, and I've been, I've been talking about it a lot lately because it made a, a very significant impact in my decision-making ability and the direction that I was going and the things that I was actually will, willing to do. I had been messing around with the idea um, around belief for a long time. And that's why I coined the term and trademarked the term just believe. Because uh, even though you will have all kinds of people in this industry say, oh, you can't just believe, you have to work, um, you have to build strategies, you have to market, you have to do all this stuff. If th That is a clear sign that they're completely ignorant to what the word actually means. Because believe indicates that you're actually doing it. It's not just thinking about what you want to do. It's incorporating it into every aspect of your personality, including the actions that you take. The whole idea is that it's congruent. But here's the part that, that really kind of blew my mind. And it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a lineage thing in my own personal development family, so to speak, is what I'll call it. Uh, because my mentor was Bob Proctor. And one of his mentors, he had, he had three basic mentors. He had uh, Leland Val Vanderwall, he had C. Harry Roeder, and he had Earl Nightingale. 
And um, he probably learned more about the mind uh, from Harry and, and Val than, uh, than he actually did from Earl. I think he learned a lot from Earl, and that was the starting point from him. But the people that connected the dots for him were really Val and, and, and Harry. And he told me about a conversation that completely, like you have one of these moments where everything changes. So we're going to talk about like secrets, right? Uh, it's not a secret. It's just that it's ignorance. It, it, it's not knowing. So this is, this is the story about how I came upon this information that totally uh, changed the direction that I was moving and allowed me to begin to speed up instantly how fast the money was actually coming into my life because it precipitated decisions that I was not making. So here's what it was. So my mentor, Bob Proctor, was meeting with Leland Val Vanderwall in a restaurant in Toronto. And Bob's telling me this story as I'm having dinner with him after an event that we had done together. Um, I don't remember exactly where it was. It was either in Alberta or Atlanta. I, 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 did this, I don't remember exactly where. I just remember seeing us sitting there having dinner. And I was at this point in my life where I was struggling over the idea of the word belief and the power that it had behind it because I was studying all kinds of literature. And if you go back and you study ancient literature, if you get into the, into the religions or the philosophers, and they all say belief is absolutely essential for the success that you want to have in your life. But the way that they used the, the word belief really indicated that it had almost a mystical power to it. Like, if you had a real belief, there was nothing that you couldn't do. It was, it was behind everything that Jesus did with his miracles. It was behind all of the big um, uh, uh, things that seem to be impossible that are in the Bible. It's behind all the great things that were done throughout history. All of the, these, these, these ideas were wrapped up in very solid beliefs that they could happen. And I will mention that it, it, it goes both ways because it could be either for good or it could be for, it could be for bad. So when we, when we think to ourselves about the bad things that happened in history, there was also a solid belief there. But anyway, I was asking, I was confused about the word because the way the word is used today indicates more of an agreement or an intellectual understanding of knowledge uh, between two people or, your, or yourself. In other words, you say, yeah, I believe this or I believe that. But it does not indicate, here's what it does not indicate. It does not indicate that you're getting the results that you want in your life. And I saw that, that there was like this huge gap uh, between the way the word was used and the way the word is being used. So I asked my mentor about it, and he, he put down his fork, and he looked me right in the eye. And I knew, I, it was almost like I had said something wrong. I mean, that was the, the, the kind of stare that I got from him. And I knew, knowing Bob for a long time, I, had, I knew that, that something was about to change in my life because... When I would get this look from him, I stumbled across something that was really powerful. And he said to me, he said, you know something, sometimes I think the, the way that we grew individually, even, even though he was 32 years older than me, um, 
that the way that everything came together is very similar in our lives. He said, I had a conversation not much different than this with Val um, a long time ago in Toronto in a restaurant, and I was basically asking the same question, what do you know about belief? He said, and here's what Val told me, it totally changed everything. He said, Bob, he said, our belief is based on our evaluation of something. He said, and very often when we reevaluate what it is that we're believing, we're able to change that belief, which in turn changes the result that we get. He said, and I, I was like, what did you say? Because it totally changed everything in his mind, and when he said it to me, it totally changed everything in my mind. Now here's why. It doesn't seem like it's that powerful of a statement at first until you realize that prior to the age of seven, we didn't have the ability to evaluate our beliefs. So all the beliefs that were going into our subconscious mind, we were just taking it as fact because we didn't have the ability to reason them or critically think about them. Uh, we had nothing to check and balance with those. We just took them as fact. So as we take those as fact, they then they're stored in the subconscious mind and they tell our conscious mind how to think about what we're experiencing in our external world. So this is one of the reasons why so many people don't break through, because they're evaluating the results that they get based on a belief system that they never evaluated to begin with. So they evaluate the result, but they don't evaluate the belief. They look at the result and they say, I don't like this result. I'd like to change this result. I'd like to make six figures a month. I'd like to live differently. They have wishes, they have wants, they have desires. And they don't understand that the belief that was not evaluated is what's controlling their behavior. We call that a paradigm. And the paradigm is in control of how we think, it's in control of how we feel, and it's in control of how we act. So when we're looking at our results in our life, it doesn't matter where you are, how long you've studied, how much money you've made or not made, quality of life, relationships, whatever it is, when you look at the result, it is giving you an accurate depiction of what you're believing in the moment. So instead of evaluating the result, we need, because the result is basically an effect, it's a symptom of what it is that we're believing. If we go back and then reevaluate what the cause is, which is the belief, and then evaluate that based on truth, in other words, we have to study in order to get that truth. We have to be around people that are not only believe that truth, but are practicing that truth and that they're demonstrating that in their results in their life. Then things begin to change internally in us because we have the, we're then coming from a place of what we would call a proper evaluation of what our belief system actually is. So this is... I, I really hope that everybody that's listening to this understands the power of what it is that I just said. It has the ability to completely change your life and to change it so fast it'll make your head spin. Um, I have here uh, Think and Grow Rich in front of me, and I want to. I there, there's some things in here that I want to uh, share with you 
because they back up what I'm saying. And I'll be the first one to admit to you that when this book first came into my life, Think and Grow Rich, I read it, and 99% of it I didn't even understand. So I put, the book, I put the book down for a number of years and didn't even pick it back up because I didn't understand what the hell Hill was actually talking about. I was not um, coming from a place where I had a frame of reference for the things that he was saying. But then as I began to become an, I mean, most people know I became an unconscious competent. I went from 20,000 a year to 62,000 and then took it over a million, but I really didn't know what I was doing. As I began to look back, I began to put those dots together and actually it made much more sense to me what Hill was explaining. So I want, there's this, in the introduction, Napoleon Hill says something that is astounding and for the average person that doesn't have the result, it they can read the words on the page, but it doesn't necessarily make sense to them because they're focused on uh, a result that's based on an unevaluated belief. And here's what he says. When riches begin to come, they come so quickly in such great abundance that one wonders where they've been hiding all those lean years. This is, the, this is an astounding statement and all the more so when we take into consideration the popular belief that riches come only to those who work hard and long. When you begin to think and grow rich, you will observe that riches begin with a state of mind, with definiteness of purpose, and with little or no hard work. You and every other person ought to be interested in knowing how to acquire the state of mind in which we attract riches. Now, the first part of it, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. Whether you believe it or not is something entirely different. But it's really this last sentence that I think is so, that really is so important where he's driving home um, uh, basically a challenge. He's challenging a person to think. He's saying, you and every other person ought to be interested. In other words, you should be interested in knowing how to acquire the state of mind which will attract riches. Now, if we want to acquire the state of mind stuff to attract riches, we're going to have to reevaluate what it is that we believe that's causing us to get the results that we're currently getting in our life. So what caused me to do this was the first time that I had uh, this, this bump in my income. I did... Um, I was working in a dock, on a dock. I had no education. I quit high school. I had a, a ton of responsibilities. I was basically working six and a half days a week, and I was working two jobs. And I, I couldn't crack 20000 a year. I just couldn't get past it for the life of me. And I owed way more than that. So there was no way for me to actually catch up. I'm looking at my results. Now, I want everybody to think, okay? Look at your own results. Think about where you are, the responsibilities that you have, um, the resources that you have acquired over the years, whether they're many or they're little, it doesn't matter. Just take a look at them for a moment and think about where I was in the, uh, in the same place. So I'm sitting around and I'm thinking to myself, if I could go from 20 to 40, I could change my world. Um, now, that was not really true. I didn't know that at the time, 
it would have made things a little bit easier, but all it would have allowed me to do was actually pay my bills on time. It wouldn't have actually given me any wealth. It wouldn't have actually had me working any easier. It wouldn't definitely was not bringing riches into my life. It would have just allowed me to pay my bills on time. So I'm looking at the result, and the belief that's causing the result is the same belief that's keeping me thinking about the idea of only going to 40,000. Because instead of going and saying to myself, how much would I really love to earn? I'm thinking about what I think I can accomplish, which is based on an unevaluated belief from my childhood, which is what we're all running around with. So I'm focused on this, I'm focused on this, I'm focused on this, and um, I'm becoming more despondent. I'm, I'm getting more angry at myself. I'm more frustrated. Uh, it's one of these places where I'm actually getting to a point where you either break down or break through, and there's an old saying, you gotta have a breakdown before you have a breakthrough, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, one night, I had a breakdown in the trailer. Just a complete, I was, a, I was an emotional mess. I was crying, I was frustrated, I was angry. I just was so stuck, I didn't know how to get out of the situation that I created. And a voice in my head said, David, change your attitude. Now, I mentioned that one of Bob Proctor, my mentor's other uh, mentor, was Earl Nightingale. Earl Nightingale said attitude was basically um, like the magic word. And meaning that when you change your attitude, you're changing your outlook on what it is that you see in your life. I did not know this, nor did I have any idea how powerful it actually was to change your attitude. So I went through a process of actually changing three parts of my attitude, uh, which I'll share with you really briefly. Um, I decided that I was going to act like I love what I did, do every job to the very best of my ability, and treat everybody with total respect. I changed those three things. In 30 days, my income went from 20000 a year to 62000 a year. I was shocked. I was stunned. Now, is that six figures a month? No. But it's what led me to get to six figure, figures a month because that little breakthrough that I had caused me to want to reevaluate my belief system. What I actually did was I was so shocked that this happened in my life, I knew it wasn't luck. I knew that I had done something, I just didn't know what I had done. Later on, a few years later, when I actually met my mentor, he, he, he said to me, well, what actually happened was you were an unconscious competent. You started winning, but you didn't know why you were winning. And I was like, I never even heard that before, an unconscious competent. But he explained it to me, and it made, it made a lot of sense. I stumbled upon doing the right things that cause riches to come into your life, to, to harmonize myself with the laws of the universe, and actually begin to experience a change in my results, which allowed me to start to change my belief system because it caused me to reevaluate everything. You see, I grew up in a place where this, was, this didn't happen. People didn't make that kind of a jump in income. 
I didn't even know anybody that was making $62,000 a year. So as I began to reevaluate my belief system, I had to find things to reevaluate it with. In other words, I needed to find things that um, told me what I did. I needed to understand different truths that I didn't know. So I had to find books. There was no internet at the time. It wasn't like you could just up, jump on the internet and uh, punch something into Google today and instantly you have the answer. I had to go to bookstores. And I didn't have a lot of money even to buy books. So I, I would go into bookstores and I would kind of stumble around. I didn't even know what I was looking for. Never heard of self-improvement. Um, I stumbled across uh, a Tony Robbins seminar. I managed to go to that. That led me to several other things. And eventually it led me to my mentor, Bob Proctor, who I will forever and eternally be grateful uh, for what he did for me for changing my life. But what he did was that the, all the years that I worked with him allowed me to reevaluate my belief system uh, one belief at a time. And as I began to reevaluate my belief system, my results changed accordingly. So the main secret here that we're talking about is that you have to be, you have to, you have to have someone in your life that number one has the results that you want to have in your life. Because that person has the ability to challenge you to reevaluate your belief system, to replace it with something that's true, to break it down into um, under, in, in, in a break it down in a way where you can understand it based on where you are. So, you know, it, it it's kind of like this. If I was if I was working on the trailer and I wanted to be a brain surgeon, and I went to uh, the library and I started picking up books on brain surgery, I wouldn't understand a damn thing that would be in the book. It's just like when I picked up Think and Grow Rich for the first time. I didn't understand a damn thing in it. But as Bob began to explain these concepts to me in a way that I could understand it based on where I was, I was now able to reevaluate what was going on. So the next step for me was to take it over a million, which I did. And it was I found out that when Napoleon Hill said um, uh, in the book, which I'll just briefly tell you it is again, he said, when riches begin to come, they come so quickly in, in such great abundance that one wonders where they've been hiding during all the lean years. That's exactly how I felt, Steph. I mean, my income changed so dramatically and so rapidly based on the fact that I was reevaluating what I believed. And somebody gave me information put into, uh, number one, uh, a format that I could understand in a sequential order that I could follow, that I could do. So this is also very important. Bob gave me the ability to do this based on where I was, not where he was, but where I was. I just had to step into his world. That was the decision that I had to make for me. So being willing to step into his world allowed him to teach me where I was and then gradually bring me up to where he was. But instantly, the results started coming. Instantly, the results started coming. The, the next step was to turn my annual income into a monthly income. 
So I was, when, when I first started, I was making about 50000 a year when I started my business. And the first step was to take 50000 a year and turn that into $50,000 a month. And then from there, I took it over a million. And it was a very short period of time. Because when I, you want to talk about reevaluating a belief system. When my income went from uh, a, a yearly income to a monthly income, right, it, my whole world changed. The evalu- my evaluation of what was true and what we were taught to believe about earning money was totally flipped on its head. I thought to myself, I cannot believe it's actually this easy. And, and here my mentor was telling me, he would say to me over and over again, David, it's easier to earn $50,000 a month than it is $50,000 a year. Absolutely no question about it. So I started to reevaluate how I was approaching my business from a place where I was making it so damn hard, there was no way for me to get to $50,000 a month. But as I reevaluated my belief based on what he was showing me how to do, that changed. And it changed just in a very, very short period of time. Does that make sense, Steph? You know, something that I will never, ever, ever forget because it made such a difference in my own personal growth because my background is not all that dissimilar to yours. And a lot of the people that we work with, their backgrounds aren't dissimilar to ours where we've all kind of grown up in this middle class or lower middle class mentality um, where, you know, wealth wasn't even, it wasn't even a possibility was when I was struggling with something and I think it was, and we, I hear this from my client, from our clients all the time now, like, you know, I, I don't believe that I can close the sale on the first call, right? So that's a belief. And I remember saying that to you and you said, believe in my belief. Believe in my belief yeah. that it's possible because I can, I have the results that say that it is possible. And now I use that with our, the, the, the people that I coach with who say, I don't believe I can close a call or close a sale on the first call. And I know that when you said that to me, you also told me the story of how that's how you changed your belief is that you believed in Bob's belief until you built up that, that belief muscle within yourself to believe it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he's, you know, he, I'll never forget the day that he looked me in the eye and he said, um, cause he was giving me the opportunity, uh, to come work with him. Uh, as a as a coach mm-hmm. as a coaching client yeah. relationship i was i was the student he was the coach and he said what do you want and i said i want to be a millionaire and he paused for a moment and he looked and he said you don't believe you can do it do you and i i felt shame when when he said that i had a i had a wave of shame come over me because he he was he was mirroring back to me my truth. And I said, no, Bob, I don't. I said, but that's what I want. He said, then when you, will you believe in my belief that you can do it? And that changed everything. Because I thought to myself, this guy has no reason to believe in me based on what I have done in my life. Like I was even surprised he took me on as a student I really was. I thought to myself, there's no way 
he'll take me on as a student. I just don't have anything in the background, in my background that says that I can do this. But I didn't understand where Bob's awareness was coming from. I didn't understand how Bob saw human potential. I didn't understand the greatness that he saw in me. So he was basically saying, I'm, you believe in my belief that you can do it. You believe in my belief about your greatness until you actually see it in yourself. And what it did again was it was all about reevaluating what it was that I was actually holding in my own mind. So in Think and Grow Rich, uh, again, Hill addresses this. He says, there's a difference between wishing for a thing and being ready to receive it. Now, I want you to think about this. There's a difference between wishing for it and being ready to receive it. Now, most of the world wishes that they had something different, but they're not ready to receive it. He goes on to say this, no one is ready for a thing until he believes that he can acquire it. The state of mind must be belief, not mere hope or wish. Then he says something important. So like he's making these statements, okay, so there, a wish isn't good enough, I have to be ready to receive it. If I, wanna, if I wanna go six figures a month, I gotta be ready to receive it. How do I get ready to receive it? I have to believe it. So how do I get there? He said, the state of mind must be belief, not mere hope and wish, and open-mindedness is essential for belief. Closed minds do not inspire faith, courage, and belief. Remember, no more effort is required to aim high in life to demand abundance and prosperity than is required to accept misery and poverty. And as it was pointed out to me that the same amount of effort that I was giving to the belief systems that said that I could not do this was the, if I took that effort and put it into faith, hope, and courage, and I believed in his belief, and I followed what he was showing me what, how to, what to do based on where I was, and I keep repeating that because it's so very important. When I work with a person, I start off where they are, right? They start to move into my world, but I start where they are. And then that allows them to go rapidly. You can't a ask a person to start where, where you are. I've been studying this for 27 years. Bob's been studying it for 57 years. I'm still not where he is, and most people aren't where I am. So the whole idea is that if we will, if we will, if we will take that number one secret, so to speak, and we will put ourselves in the environment of the person that's actually done it. What happens is that we reevaluate the belief, our belief automatically begins to change, the results begin to show up, and we have a systematic way of actually not only studying, but being able to move it into practical application where it becomes a reality in our life. And Steph, you, I mean, when, when I started working with you, that's exactly what it is that you did to see your income grow, is it not? Oh, 100%. I had everything in my environment telling me that I couldn't do it. Yeah, 100, 150%, yes. Yeah. So one more thing I want to share uh, with Think and Grow Rich, and then I want to quote a couple of other really good pieces of information that I, I think will help bring this together in a person's mind. 
One of the things that Hill does in Think and Grow Rich is that he points out that every human being has this ability. Every human being has this ability. There, it doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter what your sex is. It doesn't matter what your background is. Uh, it doesn't matter what your education level is. As a matter of fact, most people think that you have to be really smart to make a lot of money. That is one of the biggest lies on the face of the planet. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.